This is the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. The College of Style community just launched and you're invited to join for free. Yes, for free. So what exactly is the College of Style community? Well, it's a place for like-minded entrepreneurs just like you to connect. And it's a private community that shows you how to build and monetize an unforgettable online business so that you can work from wherever you want and live to make your impact. We focus on personal branding, visual design, and digital marketing for business. So how do you join? Well, it's pretty easy. Just visit www.collegeofstylecommunity.com and join today. Inside of the community, you'll be able to access premium courses and groups, exclusive member-only merchandise, course discounts, daily business tips, monthly giveaways, and so much more. I can't wait to see you inside of the community now. So visit www.collegeofstylecommunity.com and snag your free Canva templates right there in our handy dandy resource library. Join the College of Style community today. You're listening to Sweet Bites with Sandra with your host, Dr. Sandra Coltimedici. Follow on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Dr. Sandra Coltimedici. You can listen to select episodes of the podcast live on Fireside and learn about upcoming course announcements, coaching programs, working one-on-one with Sandra, and new template releases by visiting collegeofstyle.com. Find digital marketing strategies and social media updates on Sandra's Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash college of style. Join Sandra on TikTok, Pinterest, and Twitter at College of Style and subscribe today to Sandra's newsletter. It's called Link in Bio and you can find it on LinkedIn to learn more about links that make you click. This is your personal invitation to join Sandra's community at collegeofstylecommunity.com today. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Pipes with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, asides from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 67 of the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. I am your host, Dr. Sandra Coltimedici, and today I am going to be talking about marketing in the metaverse. I'm so excited about this topic because it has been buzzy buzz buzz around the world right now, and I have some great tips on how to incorporate your brand inside of the metaverse, what exactly the metaverse is, and how you can start building your business to incorporate it. So stay tuned for the rest of the episode. Did you know that you can go live on social audio on LinkedIn? Yes, it's called a LinkedIn audio event. And if you do not have access yet, because it is still in beta, that doesn't mean that you can't participate in someone else's audio event on LinkedIn. So just search LinkedIn audio event on the search bar and you'll see a ton of events pop up just join those events. And if you have something that you'd like to contribute, 
raise your hand so you can hop on stage. That's a great way to showcase your expertise, start building community and connecting with your audience on LinkedIn. Is your business not connecting or converting your followers online? Book your brand audit today by visiting collegeofstyle.link forward slash brand audit. I look forward to working with you to move the needle on your business and jumpstart your 2022 with strategic messaging and up-leveled visual branding. Click the link and I'll talk to you soon. Today, I'm going to be talking about marketing in the metaverse. And what is really, really interesting to me is how much buzz just the word metaverse has received in the last year or so. There have been so many different articles that have been written, and I wanted to highlight a few of them. So if you go to my Twitter account, it's at twitter.com forward slash Sandra Colton, you will see a few that I've highlighted in the last few days. These articles are talking about the metaverse. They are talking about augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality, and e-commerce as we know it. I would say challenging all of those different things and really changing the game. This is a brand new playing field. And I'm not a gamer, but my husband is. And we actually had a few conversations about the metaverse and avatars and the e-commerce aspect of the shifting things into the metaverse from what we know as they are in real life to a digital world. And so there's a few things that I wanted to talk about specific to the metaverse today. And one being uh, what I saw recently, and that is Roblox. And a statement that I saw on their website, it said, be anything you can imagine. And so when I talk about the metaverse, I think about it as this world that we are creating. So what I wanted to talk about are how people are utilizing the tools that we have right now to market just the term, the branding of the term metaverse, because it hasn't exactly been formed yet. And then I also think about how Brands can take themselves into the metaverse, wherever that is, wherever the worlds are being created and creating them for themselves. So one of the articles that I just posted on my Twitter feed is actually about Gucci and how they are creating a world for Gen Z. And there've been a few different articles about 3D virtual worlds that have been created by fashion companies specifically, and also music companies to promote music and their artists. There was one with John Legend doing a concert with Wave XR. And when I think about the types of worlds that people are creating, it's very interesting to see what people are bringing from real life, in real life, their space here into the new world that people are creating. So I thought it would be a great topic to talk about with marketing because there are things that we don't know will be inside of the metaverse, the tactics and strategies that will work to market to different people who are inside of the metaverse. And I say people with, you know, air quotes because they are now going to be called digital versions of themselves. A lot of things that we need to start to think about when we think about marketing in the metaverse is how we're going to develop our customer personas. So when we think about a customer persona, you think about customer demographics, psychographics, their professional status. Each of these things are important to know about the people that we are targeting for our products and services. So you create this customer persona. But when you do that for a person or entity inside of the metaverse, this might change how you are targeting that person or business. And it also may change how the person or business is presenting themselves to be 
advertised to. Someone who I have recently started following, her name is Kathy Hackle, and she calls herself the godmother of the metaverse on her Twitter profile. But she is a futurist, and she's written a lot of different articles for major publications on marketing and the metaverse, just the overall understanding of the metaverse. And she's a top voice on LinkedIn as well. So I started following her because she said something about direct to avatar and having that be a model instead of utilizing what a lot of people know is direct to consumer. And so when you think about marketing in the metaverse and just marketing in general, in real life, there are two different spaces that you are marketing in. So maybe you have a brand and you only want that brand to live in real life, but maybe you have a brand that you want to bring into the metaverse. It reminds me of this conversation that I had on Clubhouse recently with an individual from the Academy of Art in San Francisco, and they have a lounge every week on Thursdays. And I was just listening in on this conversation they were talking about how Vogue is different from Vogue.com. And obviously there are two different editors, there is different content. And so it has this very real question that everyone must think about as a brand is, do we take what we already have in real life and how we brand our business in real life and take that into the metaverse? Or are we creating brand new worlds and experiences for our customers to experience inside of the metaverse? Are we just creating a completely separate entity that is a branch of our brand, similarly to like Vogue.com is an entity, uh, but not the same as Vogue. And, and so it's a very big question to ask any sort of business that whether you're in real estate or music or art and entertainment of how you approach this topic, how you approach developing your customer persona, because if you're selling your merchandise or your services, your products directly to avatars, your avatar inside of the metaverse may be what you think people see you as. It may be what you want to be known as. It could be just a cartoon that has nothing to do with who you are in real life, right? So developing those customer personas is very important, but it really harkens back to the original customer persona that you have in real life, that you know all of the customer data that you have, that you've gathered about psychographics and demographics of that person. But do you really know what would be in their head as they create their avatar? That's a big question to answer. So as someone creates an avatar that they use when they go into the metaverse, this is at the top. Like I talked about this, not being a gamer and not really having that background. And I had that conversation with my, hus with my husband about Fortnite and how they made a billion dollars. Okay. They made a billion dollars from avatar skins that they sold inside of their marketplace, like merchandise, which... I'm just like, are you kidding me? So it's a big deal. When you think about brands moving into this space, it's a big moneymaker. If you just take what is already on the marketplace and not even bring in, you know, what the metaverse is going to eventually be, you have to think about the staying power of, of a billion dollars in just avatar skins. It's really thinking about taking someone who, like myself, I just created a Snapchat account and what my virtual avatar looks like in that Snapchat account. Like I just did that, right? So think about someone who may have just done that, recently updated their Snapchat avatar, or someone who now is participating in the new offerings on Facebook. They have new avatar offerings there, or even on Twitter, where you now, if you have a digital wallet, you can 
have one of your NFTs be your profile image. And so taking that knowledge, let's say of me non-gamer, because that's what I am, and being able to bring that person into a virtual world is a whole process. The customer journey is one that I think a lot of brands have never had to do, this specific type of customer journey. And part of that is because it just doesn't exist. Like, how do you explain it to someone, right? This is the one of the hardest things that you're gonna have to do as a brand or a business to explain what the metaverse is and why people should follow you into it. So I wanted to bring up a few different things that I wrote down as I was thinking about marketing in the metaverse and vanity metrics is one of the biggest ones because in real life, we have a lot of different social media platforms that utilize vanity metrics and then audiences Obviously, they interpret those to either be worth something or not worth something. So whether you have tons of followers on Instagram and zero on TikTok or the reversal of that, people interpret that to be either worth something or not worth something based on whatever their likes or their interests are. But vanity metrics are a thing and people will consider something a success based on, let's say, how people follow you. And so a lot of signs of success success that, you know, are kind of big are like wealth and status and celebrity and vanity metrics, right? Those shape a lot of people's opinions on what's popular, what's happening, what's what's successful and what's not successful. So when you think about a brand and how you're putting your mindfulness into it, transitioning those vanity metrics into how you're going to measure success inside of the metaverse, that is something I think that has yet to be developed. Is it a ton of people buying Oculus? you know, the headsets from Meta, or is it people signing up for your subscription when you drop your NFTs? How are people going to measure the success of your entrance into the metaverse or your being in the metaverse for a specific amount of time? Is it going to be kind of like, hey, I just put my house on the market and it's not selling. So a lot of people look at that and they're like, mm, I don't know, is it worth it? Is it worth all that money? It's been on the market for a long time. So you thinking about it that way where Hey, I've been in the metaverse and I've been here for a while, but nobody's coming. So how are we measuring that? We need to think about how you're going to, number one, make your entrance into the metaverse. Number two, how you're going to propose that people follow you into the metaverse, into the space and the worlds and the experiences that you are creating for them to have inside the metaverse. Number three, what is that customer persona really looking like? Because if you're direct to avatar instead of direct to consumer, are you both or are you one? Are you direct to consumer and direct to avatar of that consumer or are you just focused on one? How are you developing your strategies to really break down that customer avatar, to really incorporate what they see themselves as inside of the metaverse and how you're going to market to that avatar to purchase your products and services. And inside the metaverse is going to look different. It's, I think a lot of people, especially a brand called Obsess, that develops different virtual worlds for marketplaces, for businesses inside of the metaverse is doing some great things that people are able to buy inside of different boutiques that are created for virtual worlds. And I think the technology is a little bit sticky right now. I think that it's predictable in that you're walking into a boutique and you're using your finger to kind of pan around a 360 degree room and there's 
a lot of dots on everything and you can click on it and then it pulls the item up so that you can see more of it. I think the more immersive experience of the metaverse that you can get is what's going to draw more people into it where you can let people try things on and like the items literally on their foot. <laughs> you know, if you're looking at something differently, like a Nike shoe or something like that, I think that that kind of immersion, that kind of immersive experience is going to have more staying power than just a virtual showroom. So if you're looking at the models that people are developing for you going to somebody to say, okay, I need you to develop a virtual world for me to have inside of this metaverse, you're gonna have levels of digital artistry that have yet to be developed yet. <laughs> and so I think the more immersive experiences that you're that you're going to see are going to be way more expensive to create. But it's this kind of entrance that it's kind of like a gate key, right, to the metaverse and how you can start to look at it and how you can start to look at things a little bit differently um, and saying, if I'm not necessarily somebody who's interested in it, maybe it'll get me interested in it if I see some sort of like mixed reality, some sort of like augmented reality and virtual worlds. And then I think of kindly slowly dipping my toe into jumping into the metaverse. I think a lot of people think of the metaverse as Ready Player One, the movie, which I absolutely loved. And if you haven't watched it, I think that you should. It's a complete cinematic experience and I would have loved to see some of the behind the scenes of that making of that film because it is pretty pretty good but I do think that if you're expecting the metaverse to be like Ready Player One in 2022 like that's not exactly happening it's not exactly there just yet but it is something that is a vision and everybody's vision is different so when you look at the cool parts of thinking of the metaverse, you gotta think about how you're going to take your brand into the metaverse in a different frame, in that it has to be visionary. So I posted an article, it's a Washington Post article on my Twitter feed, and it's by Will Oremus. And it's talking about, you know, the, the one point that people forget and that the metaverse doesn't really exist just yet, right? And the ability for the metaverse to be interconnected is one of those sticking points that is really cool about being decentralized, but it's also kind of like, mm, you have to look at it in some of these different companies and say, is Apple going to work with Google? And uh, is Google going to work with Microsoft? And is Microsoft going to work with all these independent and freelance visionary developers to create a world that people can hop from one place to another? And that's the part that I think is the sticky part. It's the collaboration aspect, the open-ended aspect of the vision of the metaverse and being able to have that really get people to participate because they see that, hey, I can hop from one place to another. I can meet up with my friends at this music concert and that's playing and, and then let's just say, um, I don't know, Universal Music is putting it on and then maybe I can go over to Snoop Dogg's house that's having an after party and then maybe after the after party we're, you know, we've been up for so long that we go and, you know, we go to a restaurant that's up all night and then maybe we go shopping in Dubai um, in the virtual Dubai right like that whole interconnected openness of a decentralized web 3 I think platforms right now I think it's just really missing in the conversation that all these companies who are you know really getting in big right now who have a lot of money to do that may or may not be willing to collaborate or willing to be 
so open. And I wanted to bring up another example of a personal brand. I just posted something last night and it was uh, Paris Hilton. She just did a collaboration with Super Plastic, Origin Protocol, and Daisy. And I said, I mean, on my post, I was like, this is wild. (laughs) And the reason that I said that is because she is a magnificent marketer. And a lot of people might dismiss her because potentially she started out with a lot of money because of her last name. She has some sidetracked videos that have kind of catapulted her into the limelight. But when you think about her metaverse and marketing, it's like going hand in hand. It is on point. She has this ability to attract attention and be very strategic about when and where she is doing it. Um, Right now she has something called Paris in Love. And so, you know, I remembered that she posted something. um, She was doing a DJ set on New Year's Eve. uh, And I believe inside of that, it was through Roadblocks um, and a space that was created for her with that collaboration. And that was really cool to watch the comments come in about being able to interact with a celebrity like Paris Hilton in a metaverse situation. And for that, I was going like, gosh, you know, a lot of people aren't really taking advantage of the fact that you are able to potentially create a much more connected community inside of the metaverse space than you would in real life. Now, whether or not people are going to want to connect with their fans or their colleagues in the metaverse is still yet to be seen, or if they just want to talk to other people that they don't know and be somebody else that they're not in real life inside of the metaverse is an interesting avenue as well. But for Paris Hilton, I posted that last night and had like 30,000 impressions in like an hour. Like for me, I was just like, what? People are really interested in what she's doing. And this is somebody that I don't post a lot of information about on my personal profile. I think I may may have posted one thing about her on my Twitter profile. And so it was just an interesting reaction because she has had, I think she just launched uh, this collaboration, like I said, with Super Plastic Origin Protocol and Daisy. And that is the prime example of personal branding and taking personal brands from in real life into the metaverse. And she was doing that with NFTs. And another aspect of that is that I I don't think a lot of people are really talking about is when you think about virtual conferences and how those experiences can be changed inside of the metaverse, I think is one of those expansive topics that hasn't been really uh, explored right now. You know, we're thinking about Zoom, you know, like that's the virtual aspect. It's really not, it's just video conferencing, but you know, it's like FaceTime, you know, but it's having that technical aspect of meeting up, right? So if you are a company and you're trying to create a new world, but also incorporate your daily life, this kind of metaverse virtual conferencing could be interesting. You could have these things like AdWorld and and different conferences that are talking about content marketing and AI and different things like that, where people are coming to the conference in avatar shape, right? (laughs) Like not necessarily in their typical, like here's my Snapchat avatar where it kind of looks like me, but really trying to show up in a different way. And it shows the creativity. It shows the dimensions of a person. And that really is fascinating to me that the virtual work world inside of the metaverse could just be completely transformed because then it becomes kind of like that LinkedIn conversation of who are we, you know, on LinkedIn versus who are we on other social platforms, you know, in our daily life, that's how we present ourselves in our work 
mode, right? We have like a button up shirt and sweats on, you know, um, let's just say to use a prime example of work from home, that's acceptable because people aren't seeing your sweats on the, on the, on the bottom. That's the conversation that we're having now. But what if you were in a virtual conference, a virtual world, a virtual meeting for your office and you show up, you know, looking like Miss Piggy, <laughs> you know, what, like, is that acceptable? I, I think that those are the conversations about workplace environments that we're going to be having about the metaverse that I don't think that we're talking about right now. The Forbes article that I talked about where they're talking about direct to avatar being a business model, it's, it's really just selling directly to avatars. And I think a lot of people haven't gotten their heads wrapped around the fact that the avatar is a representation of a lot of things. It could be the projection of who somebody wants to be. It could be the projection of somebody's past. It could be like maybe their dad versus them online. Like maybe they're presenting themselves as their dad online instead of putting themselves online. And I think that that's something to be really honed in on when we are developing customer avatars for marketing inside of the metaverse. How are you going to reach out to people that you think you already know in real life and their purchasing patterns, their buying habits, and figure out why and how they decide on what to purchase for their avatar in this metaverse and how to even reach out to them. Does that mean developing community managers, the same that people do on social media right now, to really develop relationships with the avatar that these customers that you're potentially pursuing and develop those relationships with them so that you know their avatar better and the real person better? I think that that duality is huge. And right now it's pretty silent. Like we're not really talking about it. I think that the ability to look at it from the lens of do we really know on a much deeper level, who the customer is and who they see themselves as in the metaverse. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that we have to focus on. If you are marketing a business, a brand, if you have a personal brand that you're trying to take into the metaverse, what aspects of your real life brand are you leaving outside of the metaverse? And what aspects do you not even know can exist that you're going to try to create in this new world for yourself as a business in the metaverse? Something I think is an interesting transitions for businesses to take is if you look at Amazon fashion, and if you look at them, they are going to be putting a store, I believe, sometime in 2022 in Los Angeles. And it's kind of like a hybrid mixed reality experience where they are putting in the physical store, but they're going to have fashion, meaning mannequins with different uh, visual merchandising. And you're going to have some sort of code where you can take your phone and you can scan it and then say, please send it to my dressing room. So you're going to have all of these different styles that show up in your dressing room so that you can try them on. And for me, that's kind of like the the one moment of like dipping your toe right into the pool of the metaverse, right? Like, okay, well now I'm not just picking it up and putting it on in the middle of the aisle. Like, Hey, I'm just going to try it on right here over my clothes. That's not going to be happening. Like they're going to have it right there for you in your dressing room, get your little QR code, have something sent to you. Those are different aspects of dipping your toe into that next 
technology era. And if you use things like at the grocery store, use the little remote control to like scan the item and then put the item in your cart and then it tallies it into your little remote control that you've been scanning with the entire time. So it's the same kind of thing with the grocery store. And if you look back a little further, when they started giving you self-checkouts, it's kind of like, okay, like you can do it for yourself. This is your, we don't need to have a thousand cashiers here. We can just have some of those quick checkout stands where people can start to do things for themselves. They can find the tags, they can check it out, blah, 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 blah. Get it. That's technology implementation that we are slowly adapting to. So the self-checkout, the QR codes, the now automated transfer of your fashion that you're requesting to your dressing room, like the dipping of the toe when it came to self-checkout for the metaverse in Amazon fashion. I think that is where we're going with things. And something similar that I've been doing is, you know, with Amazon, with just deliveries, right? I have gone over to USC where they have an Amazon drop box where you can just scan your QR code and then tells you the box that you're supposed to go to and boom, it unlocks the box and there's your package. All of those things, getting on your phone, making sure that there's some sort of action happening, whether it's the purchase or the sending to the dressing room or sending it to a drop box, that's the dipping of the toe. The next aspect is making sure that you have the next part of the customer journey. So that next part of the of the customer journey is taking people from the in-life mixed reality scenario and experience and then saying, okay, now that we've got you in the dressing room, you know, now we're going to, you know, you're changing clothes, you're vulnerable, but maybe we have some entertainment for you. And they've got some sort of image mirror, but on it, it's showing different NFTs or experiences that they can purchase that you're, it's kind of like the upsell. So taking people from that of dipping the toe in to the next portion of their customer journey into an immersive experience as they're shopping, then gets them into what else there, what else could there be? And what else is out there? And then you could walk them directly into the metaverse. When I was doing my dissertation at USC on e-commerce marketing strategies and targeting online consumers, I kept coming back to this one point. People looked at things online and they looked at e-commerce websites and everything's kind of like on a grid. You know, the first thing was, oh, I need to see the product. So then, you know, things transition to not just a static image, but multiple angles of images to product demonstrations to models actually walking the runway or showcasing the items in action and different videos of people wearing the product and displaying the product and how it moves and all of that stuff. And, you know, I've seen, I think it was on in China that there's a company that is producing like televisions that emit different smells so that you can smell the food that they're actually cooking on TV, like things like that. Um, and, and basically a lick test or something where you can taste what they're actually cooking, like so many immersive experiences that are popping up. And it's really that up leveling of the e-commerce experience of just showing the product. The other aspect is the live shopping aspect of things. So you go from just static images to product demonstration to live shopping and answering questions in real time to all these TV experiences where you can taste what they're cooking on TV from a lick stick, like craziness, to shopping sites that translate into the metaverse for personal brands. So I think it's going to be huge. The experience has to be different 
in order to have staying power. But if you look at your customer journey and you're saying, okay, well, here's our dip our toe in the process. I need to be able to give the technology to the people in a digestible way and then transcend that into, okay, we've got them in, let's give them an experience while they're here. And then the next step is to have them be fully, fully inside the metaverse. But the reason I mentioned my dissertation is because the other part that came up during my research is that people need validation. A lot of people want validation when they are shopping. And when you're marketing your products and services inside of the metaverse, validation will most likely be there. One of the aspects that um, that people wanted the most was to ask a friend like, hey, would this look good on me? Or maybe ask their husband like, do you think I should buy this? So it's that secondary ask that a lot of people have when it comes to purchasing anything of significant value that should I buy this? Do you think it would look good? And people just want just a little co-signer, especially like when it comes to summer outfits and bathing suits, they want to be like, yeah, does this look good? What do you think? Does it look hot? <laughs> you know? So a lot of people are going to be interested as well in how bigger companies have invested and really are putting their foundational elements together right now, whether it's Oculus, different aspects of hardware, is Apple developing something? You know, a lot of people have been talking about the patents and different trademarks that people are trying to acquire that are signaling where this is going. So there's a lot of people interested and it's definitely very buzzy buzzy right now because people want to get in so that they have their foundational elements set so that if it does really blow up the way people are predicting that they are ready, whether it's through music or art, NFTs, crypto, all of that stuff to really bring attention to it in a way that hasn't had the attention because it's been around for a while. Like gaming has been there. They've always had different avatar skins and stuff like that, that they've been selling in the marketplace. But web three has really brought it to the masses to say like, this is the next wave. And so this is the next iteration of, what we originally, like when the internet was coined and, and um, Tim Berners-Lee and, you know, just thinking about how the next wave was social media and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter. And so it brings about that question, like what's next? Because we're in the middle of making it. So I think a lot of people have adopted it. And then there's a lot that have not because they just don't know what it is. And some people haven't even gotten to the part of being able to actively get onto social media every single day because they don't have fast Wi-Fi connection or they don't have access to something like Oculus because it's not super cheap or they don't have a gaming console or anything to bring them into the app store. And so when you think about Fortnite or Minecraft or all of these different avenues in, it's not readily accessible to the masses just yet. There's this kind of extension of what we've been doing and bigger companies like Apple and Microsoft and Google and Meta, you know, trying to maintain their hold on a lot of this with a lot of the space. And I believe that companies are really challenging places like the Apple App Store because this is supposed to be decentralized. The whole process is, the whole vision is supposed to be decentralization so that there's not one company with a huge stronghold on what is going to be the ultimate metaverse. It's an interesting topic, but I don't know that it's being readily adopted because people don't know what it is and how it's going to affect them, whether it be like, hey, I have to be in the metaverse for my job, or I can just be in the metaverse for fun 
And you know, when I was reading this article recently, it was talking about how Apple acquired a lot of companies specifically to potentially bring something into the marketplace. And what if someday we, you know, we have contacts, right? For our eyes that let us see into the metaverse and you can just blink your eyes and like, you're there. <laughs> like, how would that really work? You know, I'm giggling because it's just so far-fetched, but it's so right there on the cusp. It's something that could really happen. And it, I don't think it's that far off. I think, you know, from where we've been, from, you know, the television in the 1950s to the internet to where we're at now, it's just gaining steam. And it's really about if you're an early adopter or going to wait for it to pan out. And another thing is that for businesses and personal brands, it's about positioning yourself to be at the forefront of this new kind of industry, because just like TikTok created this new job, which I would call a TikTok manager or a creator manager, where people are literally managing other people's TikTok accounts, whereas before you might've um, had an Instagram manager or a Facebook manager. Now there was this new app and in order to be successful and grow super fast on TikTok, what I've experienced is that you need to post a lot of content. That doesn't mean you can't grow with, you know, one really lucky viral video. And it doesn't mean that you can't grow with just being consistent by posting one video per day. But it does mean that if you want significant growth in a shorter period of time, posting more often does help. And so this created this new role for content creators to now create a lot of content and businesses for technical managers to exist. And so similarly to that, I think that this is going to create a brand new set of job descriptions, a new set of job roles. And like I was talking about potentially creating community managers or community support for people who may need to have their hands held to walk them into the metaverse. That is a whole new aspect of what this whole new world of interconnectivity and jumping from one place to another to another on different platforms, whether it's on Epic or Horizon Worlds from Meta, I think that there are going to be a lot of people that need to be educated on how to have the best experience and the roles of marketing inside of the metaverse, of managing platforms inside of the metaverse or digital connections. Like maybe as far as fashion, maybe it's now a new digital collection coordinator inside of the metaverse. I mean, there's so many different aspects to brand management that I think are going to now just create brand new job roles, job functions, and job descriptions. And you never know, maybe those are just going to be tacked onto somebody's current role. But I do think that that's going to be something that is brand new that you can position yourself as an expert on is how do I manage a digital collection inside of the metaverse? How do you break down marketing to someone who's never been a gamer? How do you foresee the future that isn't even here yet? That's why there are futurists. <laughs> I don't know if you follow any, but I think that those are specific roles that are going to be created because of the metaverse. So if you're looking toward the future, the biggest question is how can I position myself to know more about how all of these different technical advances are going to affect everyone else? And how do I talk about that? The companies that you're managing their social media for or creating campaigns for or creating digital content for, how can I position those people and those businesses and those brands to be better served so that they're ready for the ready player one experience and that they can then help their customers immerse themselves in the experiences that they're going to be providing 
providing for them without this weird technical hiccup of, oh, I don't have that connection. And I feel like a lot of people have that when it comes to Apple products every once in a while. I just bought the new iPhone, but I don't have the charger. Um, You don't want the metaverse to be like, oh, I'm in the metaverse, but I don't have the charger. (laughs) Knowing how to sell inside of the metaverse is going to be very, very important. Having a strategy to how you're going to approach it is going to be very crucial. The exclusivity that fashion has had, it's that barrier to entry, you know, something that I feel like has just always been there, is something that is really um, gravitated toward like that NFT space and something that people are experiencing now in the NFT space um, because some of them are extremely expensive. But the decentralization of the metaverse and having those uh, big media conglomerates kind of control everything, and now we're like, "Eh, nope, that's not what the metaverse is supposed to be like, is a really important part of this. Scarcity marketing, it can work, it does work, but is it something that should be inside of the metaverse? I feel like that's a whole other topic for a different day, but exclusivity is something that I think is really important to think about as you're thinking about your marketing strategy going into the metaverse. Taylor Swift is really great about Easter eggs and gaming is super amazing when it comes to Easter eggs. Films like Marvel films with different Easter eggs inside of their films. These are things that definitely need to be part of your strategy. Exclusivity is always going to be something that is going to garner attention. Easter eggs are going to build community and build that engagement as well. Those Easter eggs that you see in all of those different examples are really important to your marketing strategy, especially in an immersive experiential world. And the evolution is also important. So those are the three E's that I wanted to present as my final wrap up in this episode of the Sweet Bites of Center podcast. Exclusivity is going to matter. Easter eggs are going to be like the golden goose. I think the metaverse and being able to evolve as it evolves are going to be really important for any sort of marketing strategy going into the metaverse that you are able to pivot. Because if you're spending $100 million on one strategy and everything's going to change on a dime, you need to pivot that way. And so it's almost like being able to address each aspect of it in a very strategic way so that if you need to do that, that shift, that you're not like, oh, we put all our money in one spot. (laughs) And then you're like, oh, what's happening now with the marketplace, with real estate? You see people are looking at land inside of the metaverse. I heard somebody talking about this on Clubhouse the other day. They were talking about how Snoop Dogg has a house in the metaverse and how people are trying to figure out, you know, where people are going to start living in the metaverse because that's where all this stuff is going to happen. And so it's the similar landscape that we have to like the Sunset Strip over here in in Hollywood. Sunset Strip has club after club after club, hotel after hotel after hotel, similar to Las Vegas, like boom, 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 all in a row. That's where the action's at. And so this person was saying that people are gathering land all around certain things because landmark type entities who have gone into the metaverse, um, eventually they're going to see a lot of action. And so they're thinking about, okay, in the real estate evolution, the market, where are you going to set up your virtual immersive world? It will matter. 
it will matter to the exclusivity of it and it will matter to the proximity to other places and other entities that have some kind of same value and opportunities that you're providing so it's important to think about those three things as you're going into your marketing strategy for the metaverse and to know that it's not yet real that it still is under construction and i think that under construction is a great place to be, especially if you're a new developer, if you're a new brand, and if you're an older brand trying to re-emerge as this kind of nice new bright shiny object, that is a great place to be as well. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. Send me a DM if you have a question or send me an email to sandra at collegeofstyle.com and I will see you on the next one. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at sandracoltamedici.com. Include in the subject line, be a sponsor.